All right, welcome everyone. Today with me, I have Jane Hogan, and Jane is the wellness engineer. She designs personalized solutions for uh, people who want to take control of joint pain naturally, regain freedom to thrive confidently, and live their best life. Welcome, Jane. It's so great to have you on the show. Oh, it's great to be here, Tatiana. Thanks so much for having me. So Jane, um, tell us a little bit about what it is that you do and how, you know, what does a wellness engineer mean and what do you, how do you help people? Well, I'm, I'm a wellness engineer because I'm actually a, a real engineer. I worked as a structural engineer for 30 years. And uh, in 2016, I developed rheumatoid arthritis quite quickly, suddenly, and was very quickly nearly disabled. And so I, I wanted to figure it out. And so I just put my engineering problem solving skills to work at, like I would do for any other project. And I started researching and trying different things and charting and graphing. And eventually I did get myself well again and strong and vital again. And I decided to become a functional medicine certified health coach because I just wanted to help people because people aren't really aware that there's an alternative way that they can heal themselves using food and lifestyle and mindset. And that's what I'm passionate about doing now. So that's what I do. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, and do you find um, that people who are in certain careers or businesses or, I don't know, life um, points at the in, of their in their life where they develop um, an autoimmune disease quicker or are there any specific causes that you've discovered or kind of lifestyle uh, habits that kind of prompt these diseases well they're pretty common in our culture now about um i think it's around one in four people have a chronic disease and quite a lot of those are autoimmune um it, there's definitely a relationship between at the traditional or not traditional but standard diet that most people eat but the but the other really big component is stress so that's the common one and i know for myself i when i got rheumatoid arthritis it was after a very very stressful year and a lot of people that i talked to their autoimmune has comes on uh, after a stressful situation. And also they have flares when they get into stressful situations. So there's definitely a stress component involved. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. I mean, um, stress is a big part of my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely, you know, a part, a big part of, um, life for someone who has their own business. I mean, definitely applies to people who work for somebody else, but I think it's more so, or, or I mean, actually, I don't want to make that claim, but it feels like it's more so applicable to people who are in business because so, there are so many uncertainties related to starting or running a business that you ultimately end up stressing out and basically costing yourself, you know, healthy life. Well, I guess health, um, you pay with your health for, um, the success at some, you know, in some way. Yeah, I think when people are in business for themselves, I mean, there's there's no one else to fall back on, right? So it can be really stressful and and having to juggle all the roles and figure everything out. And uh, so it's understandable that people in business for themselves are, are often highly stressed. 
And so managing the stress is really important for their physical health, their mental health, their physical health, their emotional health. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I'm just, I mean, I have an autoimmune disease myself, so I definitely can relate. I can see the, the difference between, um, uh, less stressful weeks and more stressful weeks on my skin. Um, so I definitely can relate to that. And I mean, have you found, um, like what is the, like the first, like first thing that you would do, or you would recommend someone do when they, um, discover something like this, or how would you advise people who let's say are in business and feel that the stress is taken over, um, and they don't want to get, you know, sick or any kind of autoimmune disease or any other type of disease, like what would you, um, tell, you know, advise people to, to start with, um, kind of at least a minimum kind of thing? Well, you know, the easiest place for anyone to start is with their breath because, well, we have to breathe anyway. Right. But a, a lot, a lot of us, uh, over time become, chest breathers and, 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 or we become like rapid breathers or shallow breathers or even, even breath holding is common. So a lot of us get into breath dysfunction and some of it just comes from our stressful lifestyle. Some of it comes from poor posture, you know, like hunching down and not being able to get a good breath in. Um, so I always say, start with a breath. If you can, if you can get some nice deep breaths right down deep into your belly. And and the thing is that we were belly breathers when we were born. If you ever look at a baby and you watch a baby breathing, it's their belly that goes up and down, not their chest. But I bet if you're if your listeners, if I said take a big breath and they breathed in, a lot of people would actually breathe into their chest. It's their chest that's rising. So yeah. 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 Sorry. So a great place to start is to just start taking, and you can even put a hand on your belly and take uh, big, deep breaths into the belly. So really slowly breathe into the belly and then into your chest and then release it in reverse order and then squeeze the air out of the belly. And if someone can do that, you know, as many times as they can is great. But even if you could do it like three times a day, for three to five breaths, that can do a lot to help really relax people and and get their stress lowered down again. They could put a reminder in their phone to help them remember to do it, or maybe they could tie it into something that they do all the time in you know at work. Maybe before they make a phone call, they could do it. Things like that. So if you tie it into something else, like a trigger activity that you're that you're doing all the time, it helps to remember it. Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, um, but overall, you know, you've mentioned that um, when we talked um, kind of initially, you know, outside of this this episode, um, you've mentioned something about kind of health and wealth going together. Could you um, tell us a little bit of what that means, especially for people who are thinking about starting a business or are already in business and kind of feel that, you know what, there's get, they're getting to a point of, of stress and, or they just don't want to get to that point. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's, uh, I've, I've read a book by Brendan Burchard called high performance habits. And, uh, he, and I've heard this before anyway, but he's done all these studies on high performers and says that the wealth and, and the high, sorry, the health and the high performance go together. And the high performance is 
you know, usually goes with wealth as well. So the two go together for you to be successful, you financially and, you know, with your business, you need to have your health go along with that. So they're definitely tied together. And it's something that you need to carve time for as you're building your business, carve in time for your health, for self-care, for making sure you're getting exercise, for, uh, you know, a deep breathing or meditation kind of practice, all of these things, eating quality food. So these kinds of things need to be built into your lifestyle so that you can be successful in your business as well. Yeah. I mean, I am kind of, um, I'm doing it the opposite way, meaning that I've built the business and then I'm starting to think about my, my health. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there are many people like me, um, because we think that we're kind of, uh, immortal and we're <laughs> going to be healthy forever. <laughs> and it catches up. It catches up. Yeah. It catches up. But definitely as you get older, you, even if like at, uh, in your thirties, you still like, you can still how it uh, feel like how it's accumulating, but, um, and it's harder the, the more, the longer you do it, it's harder to get out of that mindset of, you know what, my, like my work comes first, um, which is true for me. And then my health comes second. <laughs> mm, yeah. And, but you know, really it, I, this is what hit me when I got rheumatoid arthritis. It's, it doesn't matter all the, you can have all this wealth. It does not matter if you don't have your health, really health is, is our, is our only true wealth. Um, of course, the other wealth is nice to go along with it. But if you don't have your health, you can't enjoy it. So, so Tatiana, you need to work on your health. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. I actually was thinking about creating some sort of a routine where at least I re reduce this. Like my first step would be to reduce the stress. Mm -hmm. So to incorporate certain things in my um, in my week so that at least I it's predictable, it's more controlled. Um and, um, like that's, that would be a start for me, but, um, there are people who are just starting out and for them, I think it would be useful to, to hear that they need to think about it as they go into the, a business or a freelance opportunity mm -hmm. because they will get ca caught up. It's, it's inevitable. And, you know, if they don't have that routine, that morning routine or evening routine, whatever it is, like my coach used to say, five minutes of quiet time. <laughs> yes. It sounds easy, but uh, actually it's, it's with, when you have, especially with small children in the house, it's very hard to have not only like quiet time, but like time for yourself. <laughs> it is. And so you, you have to prioritize making that time happen and, and strategize on ways that that could work for you. Like maybe it might mean getting up a little bit earlier in the morning and, or having everything prepared the night before, like having lunches and breakfasts in your clothes, say, for example, picked out the night before so that you can just carve a little bit of time out in the morning for yourself and for these routines that are going to make a huge difference to your health overall. Yeah. Um, absolutely. I mean, that sounds great. I mean, I need to start doing something <laughs> for oh. sure. But, <laughs> but what about like for people who, um, who are your clients, people who come to you typically, do they come to you knowing that they have an autoimmune disease or, or, um, how, where do you start? Like, is there a relation to, uh, of like, I don't know, a different, um, autoimmune diseases to, to something else, um, that's more of, of a, 
you know how they say the uh, often doctors treat um, a symptom and not the disease. So like similarly, is there something like that where um, let's say your your arthritis is a symptom and the disease is actually something else? Yes. Yeah. Well, um, really, a lot of illnesses, what's being treated is the symptom. And what we really want to do is instead of masking the symptom or, or just suppressing the symptom, what we want to do is get at the root cause. And so what is the root cause? It you know, often there is a stress component, but I, I don't know if you know this, Tatiana, but every autoimmune disease that's been tested and a lot of other chronic illnesses as well, the common denominator is poor gut health. Now there's wow. lots, yeah, there's lots of things that can lead to poor gut health, including like types of foods and maybe medications. Stress is a big one though. Um, so getting at healing that gut really does wonders. And, and it's, it came as a big surprise to me when I found out that my joint pain was related to my gut. <laughs> to me, it made, it didn't make any sense. But now that I've done all this other research and learned so much more, it's everything is related to, to the gut. Our, most of our health is related to our gut health. Your, it re, it's reflected in your skin. It's reflected in your respiratory conditions. It's re, reflected in joint pain and inflammation, brain health, so many areas. So it's really important to address gut health. So that's, that's the starting point, um, is gut health. And, and, you know, the, the, even the breathing that I mentioned by slowing down and reducing stress, that does help with your, your, with your gut health, because our emotions are tied to, our gut, you know, we, we know this, like if you're nervous, you know where you feel it in your gut. Sometimes you get those butterflies. So our, mm-hmm. our, our emotions are connected to our physiology. And so we need to manage our emotions so that we are in, uh, we're creating the, the rest, digest, uh, relax, restore mode. So our, our central nervous system can only be in one of two states. It can either be in the fight or flight, fight, flight, freeze state, or it can be the, in the rest and digest stage. Well, obviously, if you're in fight, flight, freeze, you're not resting, digesting very well. So often have sleep problems, uh, the gut health that I talked about. And and we don't even realize how much in our culture we are in a stress state our, our brains react to, you know, timers, our, our phone buzzing to say there's an email coming in. That's That triggers a little bit of a stress response. So we want to, as much as possible, bring ourselves into that rest, digest, relax, restore mode. And then the breathing helps with that. You know, having positive thoughts helps with that. And doing little things in your life to to help reduce stress. So maybe turning off some of those notifications that are, that are, constantly coming in all the time. Uh, just doing things like eating more slowly so that your food can digest. Um, so there's lots of things we can do when we start paying attention. So it's the awareness is the first step. And then to paying attention to make changes is the second step. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a surprising connection for me. I never would have thought that um, gut and joints or gut and well, skin, I could probably uh, relate a little bit just because my parents were doctors. Uh, but uh, <laughs> so they say anytime you have something on your skin, most likely it's the digestive tract. 
Um, but you know, joints and gut, uh, to me, it's, it's a, not a natural connection. Let's put it this way. No. And what's surprising to a lot of people too, is that, um, even osteoarthritis, we're, we're kind of told that osteoarthritis is a wear and tear of the joints, but there's actually gut health connection to where, to osteoarthritis as well. So even that you can use treating the gut to help, to help with that as well. Oh, I mean, I, I'm speechless a little bit. <laughs> I mean, this is great, great stuff. And um, I'm sure that, like you said, awareness is the number, is the first step. Um, and now that, you know, our listener, my listeners, your um, our listeners are aware of this, maybe uh, we can change one person's life. If we change one person's life where they pay attention to their health as they're starting something or other, as they're running a business, like they, you know, that would change their life because they can have a better quality of life. And ultimately when we run a business, we want a better life for ourselves. We don't just do it for only money or only for something else. We do it also so that we can actually enjoy life. And what ends up happening is actually the opposite oftentimes. Um, so this is definitely something that everyone should consider. And I agree that health and wealth definitely go together for sure. Mm, yeah, you said that so beautifully that people, I think most people aren't just trying to make money. They're, tr they're trying to build a life they love. And, and along the way, you need to build in the things that are going to support your health as well as support your business because it's all, it's all going to be part of the building process. Build it in along the way and it will, it will happen. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So if you were to leave um, listeners with one, th I mean, you've talked about breathing, that's one thing, but let's say for, for gut health. Um, so to reduce stress, the one thing they would do, and I would do, I would ha um, have to do is to start breathing or at least paying attention to, to having a, at least a couple of breaths, deep breaths a day to relax um, the body and to reduce stress. But in terms of gut health, uh, what would you recommend? Like where would someone listening to, to this episode um, start if they wanted to at least kind of get on the path to gut health? I know a lot of people think that, oh, I got to change how I eat and, and that can come. But what a lot of people don't realize is that digestion actually starts in the brain. It's when you start thinking about food that things, neurotransmitters and things get triggered to, to begin the digestion process. So to help with the digestion and help your body digest properly, start with even thinking about how you eat, even before you worry about what you eat, but think about how you eat. So are you sitting down to eat? Are you removing distractions, turning off electronic devices, turning off the television? Are you lighting a candle, perhaps, you know, setting up the stage for a relaxing process when you're eating? And then while you're eating, are you savoring the food? Are you, um, are you smelling it and, and feeling a re real appreciation for the food that you're eating? And then eating slowly, so things you could do are put your put your hands on your lap while you're chewing. 
And just so that it kind of slows you down from just keep shoveling food into your mouth. So <laughs> all if you can just, I, and I've got a great tool that um, I can send out to your listeners if they want. It's it's called Three Ways to Calm Inflammation While Eating. And it's just that whole thing about relaxing, savoring, and chewing your food slowly. So that's a great place to start. You know, just start with how you're eating. <laughs> a lot of people, especially busy business people, tend to, you know, they'll eat at their desk, they eat while they're going through their email. And a lot of people I know like eat with their television on. But use meal times as a relaxing time, and you're sending the signal to your body that it's time to digest, get ready for digestion, make it a pleasurable time. If you live with other people, you know, sit and talk to each other, look into each other's eyes and laugh together and make mealtimes a pleasant experience. Sounds simple, right? But uh, Sounds sometimes simple. <laughs> not always happens um, as simple. I mean, um, especially with like um, kids, especially small children, it's much harder to have a quiet, relaxed family time, especially if one of your children, well, if, if you have toddlers or like babies, yeah. that's probably the hardest time of my life. Um, when I, my kids were toddlers and babies. Mm. Um, so like we, we didn't, you know, kind of, we let that, um, ritual of sitting down at the dinner table kind of slip away for a number of years. I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, I had little kids too. I had three kids of my own and and perhaps they weren't such quiet times, but we still tried to make them pleasurable times, a time when we were together. And I think, you know, it's just habit. And um, as you said, you can let stuff slide, which is just a habit, or you can or you can make it happen in a certain way. And then that's a habit as well. So it's just... It's just a matter of deciding what you want to have and then creating a habit. So then mealtimes will always be like that because that's the habit that you build in and that's what people expect. Yeah. I mean, definitely starting with a ritual, starting with just consumption of food that's calm and, and relaxed. Like for me, that's a good start because I often eat at my desk and, you know, mm -hmm. or not eat at all. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I know. I, I've been there too, Tatiana. But if, you know, if you just say, all right, let's just pick me. If, if you never eat meals together, maybe just start by saying, let's just do one meal a week. One day a week, let's all of us eat together and make it like that. And then you can build on that. Maybe then start making it every, you know, every evening. And then maybe it's, you know, more meals, maybe breakfast and, and, and dinner together. So just start, it's, it's better to start with something that's manageable for you and just think about making progress, not trying to be perfect. So, you know, instead of saying, oh, there's no way we're going to get together and, and have a calm meal every single night. Well, start with where, what you can do. So just start simple and keep going. Oh, awesome. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's super valuable. And it's so important for, well, a lot of us, is, I don't know, um, a lot of us are busy with kids and business and, and errands and, and everything and work um, often. And uh, this is very valuable to just, it's a couple of simple things, a couple of simple um, habits that we need to develop. And I think the stats show that you need to do something for 66 days for it to become a habit. Um, 
So I feel like like starting with that and maybe trying to make it a habit if you haven't already would be a great um, suggestion for, for for anyone who's listening. Yeah, yeah. And if if the first thing you're doing is just slowing down while you're eating, then that's a great place to start too. So it's always picking something that's manageable for you and then building on it. And then as you keep building on it, then that is a habit. As you said, after a period of time, it becomes a habit. You don't have to think about that anymore. I mean, think about when we were learning to drive a car. You know, there's so many things to think about, right? And now we get in a car and you don't, you can get from A to B and don't even remember doing it. So it's just a matter of building things in as habits so that they become part of our subconscious activity and we don't have to think about that anymore. Um, But yeah, just consciously creating space to give yourself time to relax. Yeah, this is um, really great, um, great advice. And so Jane, um, I um, will post for for anyone who's listening, I'll post your resource that you have mentioned for people to reach out to you and find you. And also, um, I'll post your, you know, contact information, your social links for people to, to, to engage you if they have any more questions. So I'm, thank you so much for, for agreeing to come on this podcast and, and share your, um, in just super valuable insight, um, on, on making health and wealth go together. Like this is so important. And I know from experience that I'm not doing it, um, right now, I'm not paying enough attention to myself. So it's definitely, um, I know that it's very well, um, very well spread, um, quote unquote disease, (laughs) um, around among business people and just people who are even working in a career at a larger company. It doesn't matter, I think. So I thank you so much for coming on this podcast. And um, it's just, it's been great uh, value, I, I think. It's been absolutely my pleasure. I just, I love helping people. And if it's one small little takeaway that someone gets from this, then it was my honor to do this. Thank you, Jane. Okay, you're welcome.